It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hey, it's a busy week here on the Upfront program. Uh, today, uh, Jessica De La Cruz, state senator, we'll have a little chat with her. Tomorrow, uh, we'll uh, talk with uh, Mr. Christopher Boulay and we'll see uh, how he interprets uh, what's going on with the uh, stock market and what is going on with a whole bunch of other issues that interact with our economy. Nellie Gobier uh, promises she'll make it on Friday to our program. Good morning, Jeff Gamash. Good morning. Uh, I got a, another uh, holdover from Massachusetts. Now I cover Mass. Roger covers Rhode Island. An interesting uh, ballot question was removed from consideration by the Massachusetts uh, Supreme Court, the highest court in the state. Uh, and this involves the uh, the Lyft companies, the Uber companies, DoorDash, Instacart, uh, the app based uh, businesses of transportation. Now, the question that was uh, put forward to be on the ballot uh, would have set a minimum earnings guarantee for workers, extend new benefits, including health care, uh, paid sick time, paid family time, medical leave, occupational accident insurance, protect drivers from discrimination. Sounds like a great bill. Um, however, the Supreme Judicial Court ruled the ballot question should not have been certified by the state attorney general and not suitable to be placed on the November ballot. Not the first time these companies run into this problem. It happened in California as well. So they must have seen this coming. In uh, 2020, uh, the same type of question was denied and removed from the ballot in that state as well for the same reason. And who's objectifying to it? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's not Uber, Lyft, or DoorDash. They support this for their employees. It's the unions. The unions are objecting to this, and that's what brought the review uh, forward, stating that it's really a, a false sense of, uh, of choice when you give up your benefits for flexible hours. Uh, and uh, they put a stop to that in the Bay State. Uh, so, again, the companies had to know it was going to be challenged and uh, removed. And the Supreme Judicial Court in Massachusetts says it never should have been put forth by the uh, politicians to be brought forward to the ballot. So, and the same old, same old for Uber and Lyft in Massachusetts. More topics coming up on the Upfront program in just a couple of moments. Uh, but we want to remind you who our sponsors are. I went to Grumpy's uh, last night. We were going to eat at home. We had the had all the all the food out on the uh, counter, ready to um, to prepare it and. Then we changed our mind. Back in the refrigerator it went, and off to Grumpy's we went. And the reason being is we were in burger mode. That's right. That's what we felt like, having a burger and some fries. And uh, so I had what they call the Roger Burger. Now, what is that? That's, um, that's um, you know, the hamburger, medium well done on the, uh, on the grill. And then sautéed mushrooms, onions, peppers jalapenos, and Swiss cheese. And that's what I had at Grumpy's last night. My wife had the Chipotle burger or something like that. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. Uh, but um, I did pay the bill. Remember, and a beer. Uh, so if you're interested in, uh, in a great burger, may I highly recommend the burgers over at uh, Grumpy's of, uh, of Bellingham. They have a complete burger menu uh, that uh, you can choose from, including, uh, do I have it here uh, in the studio? Um, yeah, I got it somewhere. Uh, maybe I lost it. But anyway, if you like burgers, you'll love the burgers over at Grumpy's. That's what we had last night, and they're open today for lunch. And uh, then the um, other thing I want to remind you about, uh, besides uh, Grumpy's, um, uh, here in Woonsocket is um, is uh, Vern Rainville. He's the public adjuster. And boy, is he a good guy to know. Right, Larry? Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? 
Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-384-95 for a free no-obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. So I have a question. Uh, Vern, uh, here's a question. Do you think uh, that your insurance company has your best interest in mind? All right. Now, that is a, that's a good question, right? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> you may pay your bill to them and they be. I'm absolutely convinced that they are very nice people at the other end. Vern Rainville has been a contractor for over 30 years, and he knows how to properly access and estimate the repair process to your home. And Vern uses the latest estimating software with the most current pricing in the area so that when he approaches the insurance company, they know that he is not uh, full of baloney. No, they know that he, um, he knows uh, what uh, the estimate uh, is and that it is very accurate. So give uh, Vern, uh, Vern Rainville a call, okay? Thank you so very much. And um, now, uh, 484 300 um, eight, um, eight six. Anyway, now we got one more ad to uh, take care of. Our uh, scheduled guest, we, we're going to be calling her uh, in a few moments, is uh, Senator De La Cruz. And uh, she represents three districts, um, portions of three districts, North Smithfield and also um, Boroughville and Gloucester. That's coming up in just a few moments here on uh, our Upfront program. Uh, next uh, subject matter uh, is the Honey Shop, and they're here in Woonsocket. You know, if you like food... If you like food, you'll love us at the Honey Shop. Uh, we do all kinds of, uh, uh, or offer all kinds of food products, including, of course, honey. And um, also, um, we teach you how to, uh, to make food, too, with uh, some of our great seminars that, uh, that we have here at the Honey Shop. And uh, you'd, you might want to sign up for one of them. Uh, one of them might be uh, going on the foraging uh, adventure. Going into the woods and checking out the mushrooms and the plants out there. You might want to make a, an ice cream uh, um, at home. And we'll teach you how to do that um, later this month. I think it's the 26th of June. We also have our wood burning. Um, and we also have our making of uh, hand raspberry seltzer and wine making. And all kinds of different classes at the Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue. However... Uh, come on into the um, into the shop itself and see our nice gourmet gift baskets and boxes, all customizable, handcrafted jewelry, arts, essential oils, fragrance oils, skincare products, total body health products. We have supplements and uh, we have keto uh, keto things if you're on a keto diet, and um, of course our signature product is breathe. And it is so popular, and we still sell lots of it. So we are a pretty uh, diversified business. We're called The Honey Shop. We have locally handcrafted artisan uh, gifts uh, for you. And uh, I think that you'll enjoy uh, looking over the entire shop on, um, on Upper Park Avenue. 1300 Park Avenue for The Honey Shop of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. All right, so I hope you'll, you'll check them out. Um, got another um, advertisement, and then uh, we'll uh, get back to the upfront program, okay? Lifetime Weight Loss LLC, located at 250 Eddie Dowling Highway in North Smithfield. Ask yourself, Rhode Island, are you looking to achieve the weight loss results you want and deserve? Are you looking for a structured program that can put an end to constant dieting? If you answered yes, then call 401-375-40. They offer a sensible, supervised, medically developed weight loss program with over 10 years of success. Learn to sustain weight loss for life. 
weight and maintain muscle while burning fat. Lasting Results resets your metabolism. Lose an average of two to six pounds per week if you make a commitment to losing weight and developing smart lifestyle choices. Lifetime Weight Loss LLC will teach you how to achieve these goals. Call 401-300-7540 or visit them online at LifetimeWeightLossLLC.com. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Okay, we're back to the Upfront program. Uh, we want to thank uh, John uh, Lugo for uh, visiting with us uh, yesterday and talking about his run for lieutenant governor. And uh, also, um, Nellie Gobia will be with us on uh, Friday's uh, program and we'll chat with her about her race for governor. It was interesting. Uh, Seeing her um, at uh, one of the uh, ceremonies the other day, that uh, piece of legislation uh, on getting the right to vote uh, in Rhode Island, <laughs> so-called making uh, it easier to vote in Rhode Island. She was uh, there with the governor, and they had a mutual agreement on that particular topic. Anyway, she'll be here on Friday on uh, our program. Today on our live line right now, we want to thank... Um, Jessica De La Cruz uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, we gave her a call yesterday. She was nice enough to chat with us about a few of the things going on in the General Assembly, namely the Rhode Island Senate. How are you doing, Jessica, today? I'm doing great. We had a very late, very late night last <laughs> night, so I'm still a little sleepy. Yeah. I'm a little tired, but, yeah. uh, you know, being a mom of three, I'm up early to get uh, the kids ready for school, so uh, it's it's, uh, it's good. Jessica, we're going to go easy on you today. However... No, no, don't go easy on me. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was I, you should have heard me on the floor yesterday. I went toe-to-toe with everyone, so I'm ready. All right. Well, um, you know, as a news person, and, and, and Jeff, uh, the uh, gentleman that uh, chatted with you on the phone before we got on the air, we read the news story this morning about uh, what happened uh, with the vote. But um, So here's my take, and I'm supposed to you know, be uh, up to date on things. It looked like somebody bypassed a Senate committee and went right to the Senate floor. Maybe uh, you could explain in layman's terms what happened last night with the gun legislation. And in the end, I know the gun people weren't happy. You're on. Yeah, as I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me about this. So uh, I'd love to tell you exactly what happened because there are a lot of people who say, what happened? I mean, the bill was dead in committee. And yes, the bill was dead in committee. They didn't have the votes. It was 6-6. So when there's a tie, the bill dies. And the rules state that the bill cannot come back to committee again. So we have the companion version from the House, which is absolutely identical. Um, and leadership knew that that bill would die in committee once more. So instead of sending the bill through the proper legislative process, like we do with every bill, they uh, broke. Um, they decided to send it to immediate consideration and send it to the Senate floor, um, which means they broke our Senate Rule six point twelve, and so we um, objected. But our objection was overruled. Um, actually, it wasn't overruled. They took a vote. And so you need two-thirds vote to override an objection. Well, they got their two-thirds vote by one. And so over the weekend, of course, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're planning uh, what they're going to do because they know they don't have the votes in committee. The problem that we have here is that they subverted the power of the committee, the legislative process. Now, I was elected in 2019. Uh, as a freshman senator, um, I was fortunate enough uh, to sit in judiciary, and um, I learned a lot. And one of the bills that came through was the expansion of abortion. Now, wherever you stand on abortion and guns and any other topic, if you care about good government, then you should be very upset about how, what happened last night. So as I'm in committee in 2019, the same thing happens. There aren't enough votes to send it to the floor. So the Senate version dies, and then um, the House version comes, but they don't have the votes for the House version either. 
So seconds before an up or down vote, and a very unprecedented move, it never has happened before in the Senate, seconds before an up or down vote, the committee chair says, you know what, this bill shouldn't be here. We're going to send it to another committee. They sent it to a more progressive committee with members who would allow this legislation to sail right through. It did. We, of course, objected. We were overruled. But we're in the super minority. So uh, sometimes the super minority gets, um, you know, trampled on or their voices are, are uh, silenced. Sometimes. So I w- <laughs> Go ahead. Sometimes. Go ahead. Uh, many times. Right? Uh, sometimes. Okay. So I'm being, I'm being too generous here. I'm being too polite. <laughs> okay. But um, so we've seen this happen. It's, it, again, wherever you stand on those issues, because I understand they're hot topic issues, but if you care about good government, if you care about following the rules, and what's right and just, then you should be very upset about what happened last night. So, in the end, uh, was there a big uh, uproar from uh, the uh, Second Amendment people? I know that they, they turned out in great numbers last night at the State House. How did they handle uh, this news? Well, they've been turning out in great numbers for several days, and they did not take it well. Um, you know, when, when I walked out of committee, they're like, yay, we did it. And I said, don't, I said, do not, do not celebrate too early. I said, you know, I kind of gave them a little background of what I just told you about the abortion vote. And I said, if they want this to pass, they'll strong arm it. They'll ram it through somehow. I said, don't celebrate too early. And, um, they were upset and they were chanting, um, you know, uh, we the people or, you know, um, other things like, they're planning on running against some of these individuals. But, uh, you know, they come out in strong numbers year after year after year. And um, leadership uh, still uh, keeps continues to pass legislation that most people would find go too far. So, uh, in the end, um, the three gun bills uh, that were proposed um, will go to the governor's uh, the desk for signature, uh, or is there any recourse for the Second Amendment people? Well, I, with the magazine capacity, there is um, there is a case pending which will go to the Supreme Court. It hasn't yet um, been uh, challenged there, but it is on its way. So that's one of the arguments that we made on the floor is, why don't we wait for the Supreme Court ruling on the magazine capacity ban? Because it very well could be ruled unconstitutional again. So it was in the lower court, ruled unconstitutional, went to the circuit court, they ruled it constitutional, now it's going to go to the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, then our law that we just passed um, would um, have to be struck down. Jessica, you're, uh, you're a member of the uh, Committee on Judiciary Committee on Labor. Uh, let's take them, uh, I, I like uh, when I have my guests on, to focus on some of the uh, committees that they're on because uh, in interviewing Senator uh, Pickard a number of times uh, here on the program, uh, there's only so many bills and issues that a given senator or representative can track. Uh, they cannot be an expert on every one of them. Right. So, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll go to, um, to the uh, judiciary. Has anything like, has this been a big year for judiciary or a quiet year in terms of legislation? Oh, Judiciary is probably the most uh, active committee. It's not probably. It is the most active. I'm actually not technically a member. As Minority Whip, I am a member of all committees. So I can jump in mm-hmm. on a committee t- to vote, to um, listen in on on uh, testimony. But uh, I often do a jump into Judiciary. And um, there have been some very hot topics this year, um, one of which that um, one of my bills that actually passed last night will be going to the Senate floor, uh, Bill 2219, and it prohibits children, um, uh, it prohibits children um, consenting to um, sexual acts with those in authority. So currently right now, if you would believe this or not, uh, the AG has confirmed that the Attorney General of Rhode Island, so it's absolutely shocking, but right now children... Uh, ages 14 to 16 can consent to sexual touching as long as there isn't any penetration. From 16 to 18, they can consent to um, sexual contact, including penetration with those in positions of authority. So a teacher, a coach, um, you know, a boss or, or somebody. So, um, and I was shocked to find out that there was 
that kind of loophole in our law from 14 to 16. Um, and then, of course, 16 to 18, you're 16, you can consent. So we're going to remove that from the law because children cannot consent to those impositions of authority, uh, even at 16. And at 14 to 16, there's absolutely, I mean, we shouldn't, this should not be a controversial topic. Um, the only opposition that I received was from the ACLU in uh, Judiciary Committee. And I, I kid you not, you know, minutes before they were advocating for a piece of legislation that made it illegal for those in police custody to engage in sexual activity because people under police custody cannot consent because they're under the authority of this person um, that could, you know, make their life miserable, right? And, um, and the ACLU was very much for it. So in committee, I had said, you know, I can support that piece of legislation because I understand as somebody who is under police custody, you cannot consent. I said, but you cannot support a piece of legislation that says the same thing about children, that they cannot consent to sexual activity with, with persons in authority. And I just thought it was very contradictory. So that was a very hot topic issue this year. Senator, I want to ask you about um, the Let Rhode Island Vote Act that was uh, signed <clears throat> into law. And uh, do you know Senator Dawn? Is it Dawn Ewer? Is that how you pronounce her name? Um, I think it's Dawn Oyer, but some people yeah. say Ewer, so yeah. I'm not sure. I should ask her, anyway, actually. She was pretty happy about it. A whole bunch of people, even the, the, the governor and his opponent, Nellie uh, Gobia, were happy about it. Um, mm -hmm. um, I just want to ask you about um, the, um, the act itself and, and how you feel secure, like, for instance, in your three uh, areas, uh, Boroughville, Gloucester, and North Smithfield. How how you feel secure with the with the vote? Do you think uh, that any candidate can get a fair shot at getting the right number of votes, or do you think it's going to be some abuse with this uh, new uh, act that was signed into law? I think that anybody has a shot. If I didn't think that, then you know why should I even bother running for office and waste my time? Good point. But I do believe that it's a fair shot. But I think that this um, does not. It, the integrity of the process has been diminished because of this legislation. I'm not saying that the integrity is completely gone. I, I certainly don't think that. But And there were some good provisions in the bill, um, like Braille ballots. And uh, I don't have the notes in front of me, even though um, you know I have them on my computer. But I mm -hmm. spoke at length about it in committee as well. So there were some good portions, to be fair, about uh, the legislation. But one of my biggest concerns is that it created two classes of voters because when you go in person to vote, you need an ID. But when you're voting from by uh, by mail, you don't need to present an ID. So if I decide to vote from home, there's no there's no verification. But if I go vote in person, then I need to provide verification. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I, everyone I talk to believes that we should have. ID. Um, and I agree with them. It's not, it is not a reach to say you just need to prove who you are. And we have many forms of ID that you can use. And here's the other thing. Um, you know, I, in judiciary, some of the members, when we were talking about a separate bill just to abolish ID altogether, um, some of them were immigrants. They're like, no, you need an ID for everything. You need an ID to buy cigarettes, you need an ID to, um, to go to the doctor. You need an ID for everything. So it's not difficult to obtain one and use one. I remember there was a news conference back in April, I believe, on voter ID <coughs> measures. And, um, and I, th I think you were at that, uh, that news conference. Um, and uh, I... I know that we had a lot of discussion here at the radio station, uh, former Representative uh, John Brien, who um, kind of uh, 10 years ago was uh, pushing for voter ID. He must be um, uh, squirming right now uh, to see how easy it is uh, to, um, to vote in Rhode Island as opposed to uh, the way it was. But I guess um, we have to just go with the law, right? Yeah. I want to ask you, Jessica, about marijuana. So here we are. Uh, in 2022, um, I've got in my mind uh, around December 1st, uh, we'll be seeing our first uh, retail sales. And um, 
you uh, you've been around for a couple of years anyway, and and this was uh, the year that it it looked like it sailed through. Uh, is that a, a way of uh, describing how uh, marijuana legislation uh, uh, now is law in Rhode Island? Did it sail through, or, or is anybody like uh, putting up? A, did anybody put up any kind of uh, resistance? Yeah, I would say it sailed through. There were some some issues with the legislation. I think where you, you, we need to ensure that individuals are not driving or operating, you know, a vehicle under the influence. And we can uh, law enforcement can quickly ascertain whether or not someone is under the influence when they're um, drinking alcohol. You know, they have a breathalyzer test and. Uh, they have other other uh, methods to to test an individual, but that is not the case with uh, with cannabis. Um, you can be driving under the influence, and there's no breathalyzer test. They don't have that kind of technology yet. Um, one of the flaws I think that in the legislation was your passengers can also be smoking in the vehicle, but if they're smoking in the vehicle, that can also impair the driver. Um, so there were some issues, and I think that those issues will be addressed in the future. But, um, you know, when you're going to do something, uh, pass a piece of legislation like that, which I think um, it's, it's, it's really changing the landscape here for Rhode Islanders, you need to be so attentive to detail. And um, sometimes I find that uh, that's not the case. Like in this situation, we should have addressed those issues. Jessica, uh, I want to, oh, for our listeners just tuning in, uh, Jessica De La Cruz is on our live line. We're having a kind of a informal uh, uh, conversation about uh, the General Assembly session. It's not like a particular focus uh, today. And so, and you'll, you'll be able to tell that from the next question. On the national scene, um, what's going to drive uh, the elections in, in September and also in uh, November uh, the federal elections uh, are, uh, for instance, um, uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, the Ukraine war. But I think the real thing is uh, voters uh, vote with their pocketbook, and that is uh, gasoline and, and food and so forth. Bringing that national issue right down to uh, the state Senate and House of Representatives. Jessica, do you see uh, where... The crazy prices that we're paying, and we're going to have to pay more for our heating bills uh, this coming winter. And and uh, I see le- I see that uh, United Health and Blue Cross want to raise their rates. Everything is going to go up. Is that going to change anything you think in Rhode Island politics? I know I think it's going to change the national politics, or are we just uh, concerned with um, free license plates and uh, no no tax bill on our car? <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm hoping that this is the year, you know, people say red wave and Rhode Island is so blue that I don't see a red wave, but I certainly see uh, a red, a red somewhat tide coming in. Um, And it really depends on who runs for office and how many Republicans do throw their hat into the ring. But I'm going to tell you, walking my district for um, for the both times that I have, most of the time people want to know how you're going to be good stewards of their tax dollars and how you're going to save them money. So when I go to the state house, that is my number one concern. How is this legislation going to impact my constituency? Is it going to raise their taxes? Is this going to make it more difficult for them to enjoy life as a Rhode Islander? Um, so that's my number one concern. And it is the number one concern of Rhode Islanders. Now, do we have... You know, when I knock on doors, some people ask me about guns. Some people ask me about abortion. There are other issues that people ask me about. There's a power plant issue here in, um, in Burville years ago. And um, so, you know, I'm honest and I tell them, you know, what I think, where my stance is. But when it comes to abortion, it's settled law here in Rhode Island. And anyone who says that we're in trouble and we have to um, vote, you know, for this person because they're going to protect abortion rights. Abortion is settled law in Rhode Island. Uh, whatever happens in Supreme Court will not affect Rhode Island at all. Um, so I think what happens this election is people are fed up with with gas prices. They're fed up with paying more for groceries. They're fed up with inflation. Um, and whatever raise they did get earlier this year, 
um, they're not even seeing because that is going to pay, that's paying for inflation for the higher gas prices. So I think that will trickle down, and I think um, that will hurt Democrat candidates come the fall. Am I saying that we're going to flip the Senate and the House? No, but I do think we can pick up a few seats. I'll agree with you uh, that you probably won't flip the Senate or the House. In Rhode (laughs) Island, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, in Rhode Island. Nationally, yeah, maybe. Nationally, that's another question. Yeah. 2nd Congressional District. Um, uh, So... uh, we uh, we had you uh, up there for a while as a, as a candidate uh, for Congress, uh, and um, and uh, you can explain why uh, why you're not there or, or not. But but what it does leave, um, uh, I think, when all is said and done, I think uh, uh, Magaziner and and Fung will be the two choices. And um, I was I was just wondering. Um, um, I know you you don't like to speak about other Republicans, but uh, has Alan Fung uh, raised the bar uh, high enough so far in this campaign to uh, be a formidable um, opponent to Mister Magaziner, or has he got a ways to go? I, I know it's a tricky question. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just being honest with you, I think that all of the candidates for Congress have been. Um, pretty low-key. And I think that um, things are just going to now start heating up as, and I don't think actually just right now because summer is coming and people are thinking about going on vacation. And I think once probably like end of August, people's focus will start to shift Mm -hmm. and kids are going to start going back to school. You're going to go back to school shopping and they're going to start thinking elections are coming. And that's, I think, when the focus is really going to shift and people are going to be paying attention to this race and um, you'll see more information come out on the candidates and their stances but that's just, you know, as a person before even I was elected I think that's just the mindset Uh, you know, kids are out of school you're you're, you're tired and you just want to relax in the summer, right? And then you get back into that, that focus like kids are back to school election time is here um, so I think that's why, really. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, what Jessica told Roger is, Roger, you're a talk show host. You're, you're on the air Monday through Friday, through the summer, and into the fall, and you want the action to get going quicker than it actually happens in the real political world, right? <laughs> I understand. Yeah, essentially, yes, that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> I, I get it, and it, it, it is uh, clear to me. Now, uh, I said this would be free-ranging uh, uh, discussion, and, um, mm-hmm. and so therefore uh, we're going to go to uh, school safety. And um, uh, you've got kids in, in school, uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and so you're a state senator. This is, uh, school safety could be a national issue, um, uh, and also uh, the governor um, has announced that he wanted reports from individual school districts on their school safety program. So I'm going to ask you as a, as a mother and a family member more than a legislator about, um, about the uh, feeling that you have about the buildings uh, that uh, the children go to in the state of Rhode Island. And we've got the summer vacation for them to work on this a little bit. But uh, do, you, do you think something ought to be done or do you think we've done enough? Uh, to secure our buildings and there's just nothing we can do to stop crazy people from doing bad things. Well, I think that if someone is intent on hurting an individual, they will find a way. But we need to make it as difficult as possible to support those efforts and to ultimately stop them. Um, You know, as a mom, think about all the time. You know, I I remember Sandy Hook and you, it's just naturally, you automatically think about your own family your kids, your nieces, your nephews, um, you know, for those who have grandkids, you automatically think of, of your babies. And um, what happened was horrific, but, you know, from that we need to learn um, that we do need to fortify our schools. And every school is different. And I've visited tons of schools, not just the ones in my district, but for other events like, um, you know, um, uh, school choice or charter schools. So I've I, I feel like I've been fortunate to kind of see what do other schools do. Are the schools that are newer have better systems in place, um, you know, the points of entry. 
Um, but that, you know, human error, if he was the back door open, obviously that's, that's problematic. But I think school safety should be at the top of everyone's list. You know, we say our children are our most precious resource. Um, they are our future. Whatever it is that people say about children, it's true. But how are we protecting our children? When I go to the state house, I have police officers there, armed, um, uh, they have security, and I'm safe. You go to a courthouse, same thing. You go to the airport, same thing. If we're really truly serious about protecting our kids, then we're going to make sure that the schools are safe, that um, it's uh, that you do have an SRO there, a, a school resource officer. And the, the arguments that school resource officers, it's scary for children, I'm just going to go from my own experience. When my kids see their school resource officer in town, they light up, they get excited, and they say, Officer so-and-so, and they say hi. Because those officers are trained, specially trained, to work with students to build a rapport so that if there is something happening in the school, they feel comfortable going to the officer saying, hey, this is happening kind of off, kind of strange. Um, so I, I don't think that we're doing enough. And I do believe in having audits. So I think that, and I don't know how uh, we will go about it, but maybe it's each police department in each municipality would have the responsibility to send out an officer who is already on the beat to go to the school and see the back door open, can I get into school, just observe. Uh, or maybe it's kind of like when we have un unannounced inspections uh, for restaurants where you just show up and, 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 and you check on the establishment. Maybe someone needs to go to these schools and try to enter the building and see if there is a point of entry and then give that report to the school and say, here are your... Um, your soft spots. You need to work on these. All right. Um, before we uh, close out our uh, our interview, I know that um, we have a budget uh, that's uh, mm -hmm. been uh, introduced um, uh, for this year. Uh, the governor and the speaker and the uh, Senate president had a had a nice uh, news conference the other day on it. I know you're mm -hmm. not the expert on the budget yet. Uh, but um, but we do have a budget, and uh, and it, it looks like there's a lot of help in there for a lot of people. And I was just wondering, um, you know, as um, as a uh, senator from what I would call maybe one of the more conservative um, uh, regions, because you represent like three, uh, not all, yeah, represent sections of three three areas. Um, I was just wondering whether whether you, you just say, oh, man. Can they find ways to spend money in the state of Rhode Island on on so many different programs? Uh, the only thing in there uh, for me was a free license plate and uh, maybe a little help on my car tax bill. Jessica, do you have any thoughts on that bill? I mean, not that budget. Oh, I have so many thoughts on that bill. And um, so I have a budget briefing next week. So I've, I've skimmed through the budget. I've, I've seen what kind of you – know, I, I didn't do a – deep dive just yet, but mm -hmm. there are a couple of things in the budget. Uh, I There's tons of money in there for Zambrano Hospital. It's something I've been advocating for, called for oversight on, and we, I pushed for fully funding the hospital. It was being closed by attrition by a previous governor, and it just wasn't right, and we were sending people out of state, and it was costing the state more money to send them out of state than actually to house them here in their home and have their families visit them, um, you know, be in close proximity. So I see money appropriated over four years. I believe those are going into restricted receipt accounts. If they're not going into restricted receipt accounts, I will be speaking up about that because I don't want to see the money. Um, you know, someone, oh, we need a little bit of extra cash. We're going to take it from the Zambrano account. So over four years, they have have appropriated funds to fully fund the hospital. You know, I always talk about needs versus wants on the, in the Senate. And... In this state, we have needs, needs like Zambrano Hospital, needs in, like in BCYS um, for our veterans, and the list goes on. And, and these are responsibilities of ours, and going back to being good stewards of the taxpayers' dollars. And then we have programs which are well-meaning, and I think they're great programs, but until we can, until we fund it, fully funded, the programs that we currently have, we shouldn't be proposing new programs. 
And those new programs should only come if we can afford them, not overtax our citizens. So um, when it comes to tax cuts, proposed a suspension of the gas tax for uh, a year and still haven't had a hearing on the bill, and I won't at this point because the budget is out. And to your point, a lot of people are not going to receive a tax credit because either it's their, their car tax was already going to be phased out, and it was already going to happen anyway. $8 on a license plate. Let me say that again, $8. <laughs> and then um, for me, I've got three kids, so I will get a child tax cut. Uh, I'll, I'll receive um, uh, a check for, for each of them, but I don't even know if they're like income guidelines, so we'll have to check on that. And then for some people, they can upgrade, the elderly can upgrade their electrical panel. Like, those were the proposals to give Rhode Islanders some tax relief. Now, I don't, I honestly don't even think, I think that's a joke. Um, and yes, the gas tax would have been very modest, but honestly, it doesn't matter who I talk to. They're like, if you guys could just suspend the gas tax, it's 35 cents a gallon, but you know what? It would really help out. So a few dollars in my pocket. And I argue that, you know, I lived in East Providence years ago. Um, when my parents immigrated to the country, they lived in East Providence. I lived there most of my life. And I would always go to Seacon to get gas because it was cheaper, even if it was 10 cents cheaper. And I think that would happen with um, Connecticut Mass. They would come to Rhode Island because they would save some money. They'd grab their coffee. Maybe they go grocery shopping here or stop at a restaurant. Because I did. When I was in Seacon, I'd go to the Walmart, pick up my, some necessities. Then I'd go to the grocery store and maybe I'd stop and eat at a restaurant, and then go home. Mm -hmm. So I think the gas tax would have been the way to go. And on top of that, honestly, every time people pump their gas, they'd say, wow, you know what? Um, government's really trying to um, alleviate some of the pressure of inflation. But, you know, I feel like that's a missed opportunity for them. Before we let you go, uh, Jessica, um, when... Uh... Sorry, my answers are long. i got to work on shorter oh, answers. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This is uh, not New York radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. As a local radio, we've got a little more casual approach here. Before we let you leave, okay. um, um, so I called you yesterday and asked you to do this interview, and, and you, maybe you were thinking overnight, well, uh, he's going to ask me about this. And then at the end of the interview, I never asked you about that. And so uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Is, is there something that um, uh, we should be... Um, talking about that uh, maybe I, I didn't uh, quite cover uh, that um, our listeners uh, should be aware of as we enter the summer and fall season. Kind of a, the last word from Jessica. <laughs> the last word. Well, honestly, I have to say, you're very thorough. I think you covered all of the, the big issues. Um, so I really honestly can't think of anything. That's all right. Then we'll let you go. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be with, uh, be with us, and I hope that uh, the uh, tone of the interview uh, permits us to uh, chat with you again later in the year, okay? Always, anytime. Give me a call. All right, thank you. On our live line, Jessica D. La Cruz, and she is a state senator, and um, she's from uh, Boroughville, Gloucester, and North Smithfield. We have a call in to State Senator Melissa Murray, and as soon as we hear back from her, We'll schedule her into our uh, schedule because Melissa has uh, had a whole bunch of bills uh, in the general. She's had a good General Assembly session. A lot of bills have passed uh, concerning uh, diabetes, medication, things like that. So as soon as we hear back from Melissa, we'll schedule something uh, with her. And, um, and everybody else, um, if you want to hear a particular state rep, uh, we're going to make uh, a call to, um, to Mr. Newberry. Um, State Representative Newbury. He uh, always is a great interview, and uh, we haven't had him on in a while, and we'll uh, chat with him. And we'll talk uh, with uh, some of the uh, gubernatorial candidates. So we've got a lot of time. It's only mid-June uh, between now and uh, November. We'll, uh, we'll have them all if uh, they, uh, they want to come. Thank you so much. All right, let's check in with Scott.
Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 401-639-2906. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Yeah, we uh, enjoy uh, going to uh, the Roast House in uh, Blackstone, Massachusetts. And they have a great luncheon menu. And uh, so I often uh, concentrate on the one I enjoy the most. I love tuna salad, and I have the tuna salad milk. But I'm going to move to something else because um, when we go there, we go there with a friend, and uh, he always has the hot open-faced roast turkey, which is a freshly sliced roast turkey served with... um, uh, toasted bread, uh, and uh, then there's some gravy, and he chooses as his side uh, mashed potatoes. And uh, then my wife is a favorite of the haddock tacos, which is a lightly breaded flash-fried haddock, and then uh, some shredded lettuce and some black beans and jack and cheddar cheese and a zesty tartar sauce, and a big deli pickle spear, along with uh, the side that uh, you can choose. And the sides uh, include uh, all kinds of uh, goodies like uh, rice pilaf or coleslaw, my favorite, french fries, the vegetable of the day, mashed potatoes, or even a baked potato, too. We are the Roast House Pub and Restaurant, and we are on Farm Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. And we will be serving luncheon today from 1130 until 3, and we do that on a Monday through Saturday basis. The Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All right, let me look at my schedule here in the studio. Oh, I've got a few more things uh, to um, to remind you about, so uh, don't go away. Um, let me uh, queue up to it. I have to take care of commercials because commercials, as you know, uh, keep us going. <laughs> so take care of the commercials. All right. The uh, thing we want to remind you about is Woo Sox uh, tonight. Join us for another exciting Woo Sox game tonight here on WNRI 1380 AM, 99.9 FM or on WNRI.com. Toledo Mudheads and uh, the uh, Worcester Red Sox. Uh, Woo Sox tonight. And that game will be at uh, 7.05. And we'll be carrying it uh, right here on WNRI. Hope you, um, if you enjoy uh, Woo Sox baseball, they do a nice job of um, broadcasting the games. And uh, that'll be tonight at um, 7 o'clock. And now we want to mention uh, one more sponsor, and that is Tony over at Stateline Power Products in Blackstone, uh, Massachusetts. Now, if you have a, a uh, riding lawnmower or any other uh, outdoor power equipment, you should know about Tony Stateline Power Products. And some of this equipment, uh, like a riding lawnmower, can be pretty big. And so getting it to Tony's for service uh, can be an issue. But we will be more than happy to do a pickup of your, uh, of your, big, um, of your big lawnmower. And, and then bring it to our uh, 271 Main Street location in Blackstone and fix it. We'll uh, either uh, repair it if it's broken or service it if it needs service. And then we'll return it to your house. And then uh, when you uh, press the electric start, turn the key and press the electric start, it will start up immediately. And then if, um, if it's uh, gasoline and you, you pull the... Uh, pull the little cord, it will start immediately because we've given it zero turn service, which means we've installed a new spark plug or we've replaced the air filter, uh, the pre-filter, the oil filter, 
uh, the fuel filter. We've cleaned and adjusted the carburetor and uh, cleaned the battery terminals. We've done everything that you can think of for an easy start. And uh, then we perform the safety inspection that they would at the factory and repair it to safety standards. So if you're looking to take that lawnmower, riding lawnmower, a piece of power equipment that you've had for a couple of years, and you want to bring it back to factory standards, uh, then uh, give uh, Tony a call. They're open right now at Tony State Line Power Products. It's a family-owned business in Blackstone, opened uh, every day from uh, 8 till uh, 8 to 5 8 to 1 on Saturday and they're at 271 Main Street in Blackstone Massachusetts thank you and the only other uh, announcement we're going to uh, finish up with we spoke a long time with uh, Jessica and didn't go for a commercial break so I do apologize that we're um, giving you a few extra commercials here but they were in the schedule uh, we just uh, didn't want to make her wait because she's got uh, kids at home. Uh, the original dinner for two is being served tonight. All you, all you, um, you like to have uh, for thirty nine dollars. This is a good deal from from three to nine p.m. at River Falls Restaurant. Choice of super salad and then your entrees, and they have a whole bunch of entrees from which to choose. And then you have uh, coffee and dessert, and then your choice of a bottle of wine. Or some sangria or some beer or whatever you want. It's a great deal, and it's $39. It's very popular. Six hours every Wednesday at River Falls Restaurant. You can do um, Riverside Dining right now. The deck is open for the season at River Falls Restaurant. And if you would like to make a reservation to be on the deck tonight or just make sure that that you can be seated without any problem for dinner for two for $39, here's the number to call. Three, excuse me, 235-9026. That's 235-9026. We are River Falls Restaurant here in Woonsocket. We want to thank River Falls for being one of our graduation day sponsors. I understand after graduation of Woonsocket High School on Friday, they were, uh, shall we say, slammed with customers at River Falls. So they had a a great uh, turnout. All right, River Falls Restaurant, and uh, they'll be uh, serving the $39 dinner today uh, and every Wednesday. That's a good deal for two people. Hey, that's it for the Upfront Program. Thank you, Jessica De La Cruz, for visiting with us. Tomorrow morning, it's Christopher Boulay, and we'll be talking the issues of the day then, too. <laughs>